Hey guys, what's up? It is week 338. I got a bunch of reviews for you. Um, well, not too many reviews, but I got a bunch of movies for an update, as you can tell in the thumbnail, possibly. But uh, yeah, the first one up is from Film Masters, and I've been liking what these guys are doing. They've been remastering a lot of old kind of classic films that don't really get the love that they probably uh, deserve. And I know a company out there kind of similar, like a Film Detective. I wonder if they're kind of together, kind of in the same vein, a lot of the same special guests and everything. I meant special commentators and all that kind of stuff so what we have here is a double feature they've been putting these double features out and this is a kind of a roger corman produced double feature this is beast from the haunted cave and ski troop attack so we'll start off with beast from the haunted cave this is a 1959 kind of caper um monster movie uh kind of haunted kind of monster movie so both these movies take place in the snow and we open up in the very beginning of this one and we have like this group of people uh willie campos in there and uh frank wolf Frank Wolf is an actor that I know from stuff like The Great Silence and his Euro kind of Italian output. You know, he's in a couple, you know, Polizia Tetsi kind of Euro crime films. And he's really solid. He's in a lot of Westerns as well. So it was kind of cool to see him in here. And in the special features, they kind of explain how Frank Wolf's career started and everything like that. It's very interesting stuff. So essentially, this movie is very short. I think it's like 70 minutes, if that, 68 minutes or something, keeps it short and sweet. And it's about a group of kind of bank robbers that uh, are going to blow this mine for distraction go and steal this gold and kind of escape on this kind of tour in the in the alps and ski and everything like that they have a tour guide but all the other ones are criminals the woman in the the group kind of knows what's up kind of doesn't know what's going she knows kind of what's going on and she's just kind of just kind of run down and just tired of like everything and all these kind of things and she has a thing for kind of the tour guide this starts kind of turmoil between frank wolf who's the leader of the gang and all that kind of stuff and to make things more complicated there is a monster or beast in a haunted cave and he kind of comes in he's a very strange creature you know and a lot of these kind of you know 50s kind of creature features the monsters could get weirder and weirder um kind of trying to find their own kind of secret monster and everything like that so yeah any anyways they get picked off it's not gratuitous or anything like that it's short it's sweet it's right to the point it's not a perfect movie or anything it's definitely mixing a couple genres like the crime caper in with a horror film um in the same vein as something like killer fish which is a reference i always use because that's like four or five different movies in one Frank Wolf's great in this. I, I got to give it up to Frank Wolf. Uh, just a really great screen presence as the villain kind of type. Um, yeah, it, it's overall solid. A uh, little B movie. I don't love it. Uh, Monty Hellman directed it, which is of note because Monty Hellman would go on to do Two Lane Blacktop and a couple really good westerns like Ride the Whirlwind and The Shooting. Um, uh, both with Jack Nicholson, if I'm not mistaken. One with Warren Oates. Very good movies. Um, Criterion actually put those out. And uh, Monty Hellman would do a bunch of other films as well. One that he's probably not so proud of is Silent Night Dead. Deadly Night 3, which I still have not watched that one for some reason. But uh, here, not too many good things. But Monty Hellman is a pretty... I guess, uh, famous director, very popular director, recently passed. But yeah, this is, uh, you know, decent. Uh, Corbin produced it himself to make money in the film group. And they go over all this kind of stuff in the, the special features here. So the disc uh, basically has here, um, we have it in the theatrical 65 format and the extended TV version at 72 minutes. And original 35 uh, millimeter restored trailer. And then we also have a recut trailer. We have a commentary for Beast from Haunted K by author, film historian Tom Weaver and filmmaker Larry Bl uh, Blarmar. And Gilary of... Uh, 
uh, gallery of stills taken during the filming of Beast from Haunted Cave, courtesy of Tom Weaver. Now, normally I'd break these up, but we're just going to jump right into it, you know, look at the camera just for the switch, okay? And this next one is Ski Troop Attack. Now, this one was made in 1960, which was a super, maybe 5960, I think it might have been 60. It's a very busy year for Corman, because Corman had a little shop of whores that came out this year. He was working on all the post stuff. So, Corman in the early 60s, late 50s, was super busy, um, and this movie, I did not expect Ski Troop Attack to be this awesome. I love this movie. So maybe I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but growing up as a young kid, I loved horror movies. I loved Western movies and stuff, but mostly horror um, and, and certain action films. But there was something that uh, tickled my fancy a lot back in the day. That I don't like that term. I don't know why I use that. But uh, the, the movie that really did it was The Dirty Dozen. At age 10, I saw that film, and I became kind of encapsulated, like, like very enamored by those war films from the 60s and everything like that. Uh, Dirty Dozen, The Great Escape, Kelly's Heroes, uh, all those movies. I, I really enjoyed them, uh, especially Man on a Mission, kind of suicide mission films, and I still do to this day. I love them. So Ski Troop Attack is a World War II picture. It takes place with the same basically the same cast and the same crew and everything. This is, you know, Corman uh, 101. Let's make a couple movies for the price of one. So uh, this is a war film period piece, and it's all on skis in the winter. And I should mention Beast from Haunted Cave too. Same kind of set, freezing cold, all that kind of stuff. So the two leads here are one is Frank Wolf, and the other guy's kind of like a tall, kind of handsome type leading guy, kind of what you would expect. But Frank Wolf in this movie steals the show. He is, He's definitely giving me Telly Savalas kind of vibes, you know, and, and when he's in stuff like... Um, not so much the Dirty Dozen, but, you know, when he's got that kind of commanding kind of presence about him. Um, so these guys are basically five soldiers on a suicide mission, and they're trying to kind of document this Nazi kind of battalion moving forward. And there's infighting amongst them, and they have to kind of blow this bridge. Think Bridge Over River Quiet, another classic war film. So, like, you have all these kind of little suicide mission things, and there's banter. It's Again, it's like 73 minutes, super fast-paced. They take time to develop the characters. There's good conversations. This kind of southern guy, he goes on this big speech about, like, you know, I think there's a bullet for me, and he's always like, he, this whole kind of ordeal and everything like that. They develop the characters well. There's a great scene, which is kind of redone in Cross of Iron, the Sam Peckinpah movie, but that's kind of a common thing. You know, you kind of invade the, the, the enemies, like kind of the civilians, and there's like this turmoil between this woman and all this, this big kind of fighting back and forth um what i really loved about this besides the movie being fast-paced and just effective way more effective than it should have been this is actually directed by corman he's also in it too as one of the nazis and the nazis he's one of the leaders on the skis um was this amazing commentary this was one of my favorite commentaries i listened to and this is uh by author c courtney joiner and filmmaker howard s Berger. now howard s Berger was from k and b c courtney joiner was a screenwriter and director he directed a couple movies for full moon but he used to write tons of class in 1999 which is an excellent movie honestly i love that movie a great cast and everything so um these two know everything there is to know about this kind of stuff so they talk about frank wolf's career which ended very tragically his life and all that kind of stuff and and the, some of the stories in there are just heartbreaking and just um, very interesting at the same time they talk about Corman and how he started the film group and, and that's also in here the um, uh, Hollywood Intruders the film group story part one a Ballyhoo motion pictures documentary Ballyhoo does great work by the way so that's in there where Courtney Joyner uh, talks about all that kind of stuff in there so like it's an excellent commentary that talks about Corman and Frank Wolf and all the players they know all the details and it was interesting stuff and they praised the movie and I love at the end they Howard Berger and uh, and Courtney Joyner are basically like hey if you hear somebody bring this movie up defend it and I, I i do think this is a really good movie i actually you know it's not on brand for me i guess but sky uh, sky uh, ski troop 
Attack, I liked much better than Beast from Haunted Cave. I thought it was a better film. I thought it was more entertaining. I thought it was better acted. Even though the acting's fine in the other one, I just thought that it, the stakes seemed higher. I was more invested. Um, again, I do like war films, so good stuff. Good double feature. They both look really good, too. And they're low-budget films. It's kind of amazing how good uh, Ski Troop Attack looks. And they mentioned talking about that, you know, this is a war movie where it's supposed to be complete isolation in these mountains, so you can't have all this, like, evidence of a crew being there. So they had to like go. It was tough filming, tough filming, and it paid off. You know, good stuff. Beast from Haunted Cave, and Ski Troop Attack from Film Masters. We kind of have a doozy here. I decided to watch some maybe a little bit Halloween-oriented movies um, because technically this will be coming out on Halloween Tuesday. Happy, happy Halloween! And I popped in this one, and uh, this is one I never watched. This is a Vinegar Syndrome putting out a Trump movie here from 1988. This is a movie I bought a few times over again, and I just never knew which copy was good, which was the right cut. I figured Vinegar Syndrome probably did the best it would ever do on this movie. So finally, here it is. Rabid Grannies. Now, I believe this is like a Belgium-French kind of deal. And this is a, a lecticular cover. That's right. Um, this movie is super silly. Um, and I knew it was kind of going to be that deal. You know, Troma distributed it. And, uh, yeah, so here we go with the plot. We have, and this fits with a couple other movies I'll be talking about today. Um, um, but it's kind of a gothic tale, believe it or not. It's like if Peter Jackson directed a gothic tale. It feels like J Peter Jackson at times and Troma and all that kind of stuff here. Um, old Peter Jackson, you know, I'm talking bad taste, dead alive, meet the feebles. Um, so we have this group, uh, this these two kind of matriarch women. They're very old. They're rabid grannies, apparently, and they're super rich. They are loaded, and all their, you know, nephews and nieces and all them are just awful. There's a priest who is greedy and looks like Dario Argento. Um, now he looks like him, kind of like now. And then there's this really heavy guy who sells uh, uh, condoms and all those things, like that uh, we have a guy who basically is a war machine he sells guns to all different countries and he, there's a very funny scene this is dubbed so it adds kind of more humor to it there's a really funny scene where you hear one of his advertisements basically trying to sell guns to uh you know muslims and it's talking about praising allah by the guns and it's like we will have the other ones out too to, uh, to, to like go for other countries and shit it's very funny and very you know i guess um satirical and sardonic all that kind of stuff so all these people are to meet up and kind of suck up to the grannies and try to get their you know uh, their the, the inheritance and everything like that so they meet at this giant mansion and there's butlers and cooks and all these kind of weird kind of bit players and everything so this does take a while to get started it's like 39 to 40 minutes before the shit hits the fan if you will um but essentially what happens is a missing family member delivers a package that the grannies end up getting exposed to and they turn rabid they turn to monsters they start running amok and killing the family members and their family members girlfriends and all this stuff and the first kill is brutal it's insane and it sets the stage for what you think is going to be a major gore fest and there is some decent gore in here there is some good kills but for the most part it turns into kind of characters running and hiding in rooms and then being picked off here and there overall i enjoyed it i i'm glad i watched rabid grannies it's just one of these weird slices of late 80s early 90s kind of horror gore films that i'm surprised i never actually saw it, it's totally up my alley it's totally a me movie on paper for some reason i watched flesh-eating mothers but i never saw rabid grannies and this is probably better than rabid grannies if i'm remembering correctly it's been years so every once in a while you miss one 
or I just never knew which edition to watch. I always heard that the Troma uh, Blu-ray was terrible. I heard that the Troma DVD was cut. I and I had this import, but it's like that's not the proper edition either. I'm just like, what are we doing here? So finally, I got to watch Rabbit Grannies. It's very funny. You can see the the Rabbit Grannies change. It, it it's comedic, and there's a decent kill count in here. I enjoyed it. I'm not gonna lie. I I do like this kind of stuff. But as far as the special features are concerned, we have a newly scanned, restored in 4K from its 35 inner positive commentary track with hysteria continues. Shit happens. A brand new interview with producer John uh, uh, Van Wolstein. Um, what can I do with this? A brand new interview with editor Philip uh, Felipe Rovete. Pretty violent stuff. A brand new interview with Troy uh, Troma President Lloyd Kaufman. He remembers as much as he can. That's always great. Forgotten Scares, an in-depth look at the Flemish horror cinema. A feature-length 2016 documentary on the history of Flemish horror. Now stuff like Daughters of Darkness would be considered Flemish. Um, and then we have Rabbit Granny's story behind the film and archival making of. Rabbit Granny's 88-minute cut version with optional commentary by the director. Archival interview with producer Johan. Archival interview with Lloyd Kaufman outtakes, all that kind of stuff here. It's gory, it's fun, it looks pretty damn good. I enjoyed hearing like the editor and kind of the, the producer talk about the movie a bit. Um, and they talk about how this thing's lasted. And a lot of movies that they know that have cost more money and stuff don't last. Nobody talks about them, but they're still talking about rabid fucking grannies. I think this would make a good double feature if you wanted to go two movies distributed by Trauma. Watch this and The Killer Condom together, both released by Vinegar Syndrome, both kind of in the same vein of weird fun. Although I think that killer condom probably has a little bit more social impact believe it or not but yeah rabbit grannies good stuff enjoy it okay so when i was watching like the trailers to some of the new releases i i do the yearly package for vinegar syndrome when i can afford it this one popped up and i saw the trailer for this and i'd heard about this movie for a very long time and always where's this movie we want this movie 1973 which is kind of like one of the most underrated years of forever besides stuff like the exorcist and don't look now you have stuff like the crazies messiah of evil and you even have stuff like arnold and this is a bizarre comedy, horror, musical, gothic kind of deal. And I absolutely love this movie. This is so funny. And the cast is impeccable. It's an amazing cast. And if, if you would have told me this cast was in here a long time ago, I would have watched it. So so I don't miss anybody. We got Stella Stevens from great stuff like Granny and Mom and um, the Ballad of Cable Hogue. We have Roddy McDowell, who's one of the all-time greats, you know, Fright Night um, and, and all these other movies. He directed Tamlin. He's just an excellent actor, class of 1999, which I brought up before. Uh, Elsa Lancaster, that's the Bride of Frankenstein, guys. Farley Granger, who pops up in everybody's favorite slasher from 81, the Prowler. Um, Shani Wallace, I'm not too for sure on that. I'm sure it's one of those actors that you recognize. Bernard Fox, Victor Buono, and uh, Jamie Farr is also in this thing. So it's just such a really good cast. It's so much fun. It's so funny. So in the opening, it has like a little musical number, and Stella Stevens is actually going to marry Arnold who just died. It's his funeral. And a lot of the movie takes place in this cemetery. And there's a lot of good gags with the cemetery. It's like the cemetery plot, you know, like the family plot. So some weird stipula stipulation is as well. I don't know what the hell, but basically he's getting married after he dies to his, basically his girlfriend after his wife is now they're technically divorced. And so they go to the reading of the will, which is very funny because Arnold has these stipulations, which you must keep him in the living room of this place. Kind of like, and he's like articulated corpse, very bizarre. Um, and what happens is, 
Elsa Lancaster's his sister. He has a weird helper in Jamie Farr. Farley Granger is, I, I think, a shysty lawyer. And then we have, of course, uh, Roddy McDowell, who's his like deadbeat brother. And uh, Stella Stevens is his new bride. So all these people are at the the kind of the will reading, and uh, Stella Stevens gets everything as long as she follows these stipulations. But Arnold is kind of like a Dr. Fives, right? Well, he planned all these people to try to rip him off, to try to get the better of him. And he knows everybody's next move, right? So yeah, so people start ending up getting killed in hilarious circumstances. There's a great back and forth between um, the gravedigger and the uh, constable where they don't understand each other's jokes or sayings. It's really funny. There's a there's a great bit where the cop goes into the pub and he's kind of trying to date this uh, barmaid. They're kind of engaged, but his father's kind of moving in and always staring at her, you know, bosom. Very hammer-like horror, right? Remember the big bosoms that are popping out of those hammer films? So, like, I don't know if it's parodying that or whatnot, but it's very funny and very silly and just gothic and goofy, and I love it. I think this was a really great time. Uh, very entertaining, very funny, very one-of-a-kind. I, I think Arnold's kind of a gem. I, I think it is a gem. I think it was one of my favorite things I watched this year. As far as the special features, it looks gorgeous, too. As far as the special features are concerned, we have brand-new audio commentary track by Mike White, author and co-host of Projection Booth Podcast. I didn't notice that on there. I really didn't. I, I would have listened to that because I love Projection Booth Podcasts. The Gothic Core Comedy in Hollywood, a brand new video essay by film historian Sam Deegan. She does a good job. This is very good. She goes all the way back to The Cat and the Canary and before. Talks about Gothic Core. Um, goes Talks about the Bob Hope movies, you know, Ghost Catcher, goes, all that kind of stuff. Goes over at Old Dark House talks about these movies, how they relate to the gothic horror, comedy, all this stuff. It's very good informative stuff. Anyways, Stella Stevens is, is great in this too. I love her. Um, just underrated actress. Uh, mother of Andrew Stevens, director and actor as well. So this is a great one. Uh, I love this movie, man. This is good stuff. I think most people would enjoy Arnold. It's very fun. The next one here is one from Saturn's Core. I was like, I, I've been buying all these. I haven't had a chance to watch that many. And this one was uh, made in the late 90s and it was released in 2000. And this is uh, by Brian Pollan the premier gore director of The Underground, one of them for sure. This is At Dawn They Sleep. And this is a movie that I had on DVD from, um, what is this? Uh, I remember this company, Alternative Cinema. They had the Video Outlaw logo on there. Now, Video Outlaw used to put out all sorts of really cheap stuff on D uh, VHS that I had, like Shrek, and which is getting a Blu-ray, which is amazing, and Shattered Dead, and some, some really cool shit that I grew up with. So, if you guys don't know, um, I grew up watching a lot of these kind of SOV, direct-to-video, weird, kind of bizarre gore films, and for some fucking reason, I never watched At Dawn They Sleep. And I, I like Brian Poland's films. I love um, uh, Blood Pigs and Cryptic Plasm and uh, Fetus. Fetus is a, is a masterpiece when you're looking at these kind of underground gore films. Fetus is the one to go to. So at dawn they sleep. I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to check this out. It was short. It was it kind of had a vibe that it was going to be like a Halloweeny, not Halloween, but fitting, right? Um, this is a vampire movie, which you know at the time it's iffy and. I've mentioned this before, right? The early 2000s were not a great year for American horror. And there was a lot of really, really bad independent movies around that time. So, like, if they're bad, they're unwatchable. But there is a couple people out there making some really interesting, great stuff. And a lot of them were keeping it alive. And, you know, that, that company, Video Outlaw, and those kind of, like, alternative cinema had a lot of interesting stuff that I was always kind of interested in. Eric Sandy was doing great work. Fred Vogel was starting out and stuff. And Brian Pollan was making movies. So all these guys were making these kind of cool horror films uh andy cope probably was around the same time so like 
at dawn they sleep. I put this in, and I uh, the acting, you know, it ranges. Brian Paul stars in his own movies. It's very independent. It's not it's not the most amazing acting in these films, right? But these guys are doing everything themselves. Um, right away, I was just like, oh, this is totally up my alley. We kind of have these two guys get murdered, killed for ripping off Brian Paul and his partner, which is, I think is the guy from Bone Sickness, the main guy from Bone Sickness, which is a crazy two-hour gore fest. Um, so they kill these two guys. And what happens is uh, they, they kind of realize, you know, that they, they got ripped off on these drugs. There's another uh, one night they pick up a couple women and they feel like they're drugged. We know that they're vampires. They feed on their blood. And right when they wake up, they have the worst hangover. Uh, when one of them is attacked by a, a, another drug dealer and gets shot and they wonder why they didn't die, the angels come down and tell them. And this is one of these crazy plots like Shatter Dead, right? Like an angel has sex with a mortal woman and the dead just stop dying. Um, so like basically these angels from heaven want to create vampires to kind of just destroy the human race. But, um, you know, some demons and other things are not going to have it like that. So we have these cool special effects of demons and there's angels and there's vampires and there's a lot of gunplay. Like uh, Brian Paul in his special features was saying he was obsessed with like John Woo at the time. He just discovered him in the, the mid to late 90s. So like we have these double like guns like da, 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 and that's just something I eat up. I love that kind of stuff. Diving through the air with two pistols, jumping through boxes. I love that kind of shit. You know, I live for it. If anybody's ever seen Rip, I got to do a little bit of that in uh, Dustin Mills movie. You know, I at the end I go in with a couple Uzis and it was just a lot of fun. And I can see the, the fun and ambition in this. And like... These guys um, were talking about how many cars they were going to destroy. Six cars, six beater cars. Like, and just looking at the spirit of these independent movies back then, like even the, the, the some of the bad ones, like they would go all out. Like I'm talking like stuff like Meat Market. It felt like so much bigger. And like a lot of the Tempe shit, you're like, man, like Ozone's like, that was earlier 90s though, but 93 or so. But you're like, these movies are big. These movies are real movies. They're just shot on video or shot cheaply or, or not the best production on everything. But for the most part, a lot of these movies had guts, had balls. Not all of them were great. When they when they were poor, they were poor. I feel like a lot of days now, people are always doing the bare minimum because they know that, the, that what they have to make this movie for is so low to sell it. <laughs> like, And these guys weren't worried. Brian Poland's not worried about that. He's worried about making a fucking good movie. This guy... He travels to the beat of his own drum if you watch his movies. He doesn't, like, in interviews and stuff, and just the way he is, he, he doesn't care. He's making movies no matter what. He's making movies for him because he likes them, as far as I can tell. And he, he's still making them. I mean, just had that one septic come out. He just released Morbid Tales, which is an anthology of some of his older shorts. But, you know, he, he's out there still making shit. And uh, this one was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It's gory. There's nudity. You know, there's sex, there's nudity, there's gore, there's action. On a low budget, it's very impressive. And um, this kind of reminded me a bit of The Sinister from 94, the uh, a one that Saturn's Core put out, which was a first-time watch for me as well. You know, it was one I had on DVD, but I missed it, and I was like, that was impressive. So Saturn's Core has been putting out some good stuff that I love. They put out Savage Harvest by Eric Stanzi, great SOV from 94. They put out Shattered Dead. Um, my favorite SOV along with Redneck Zombies and probably like Burning Moon. Those three, I think, are like the cream of the crop or whatever. Shattered Dead... And then, of course, I love a lot of the Tempe stuff, too. So there's so many weird, cool SOV movies. And I tend to go for the really goofy, like Redneck Zombies, or like the crazy action things like this, or something more along the lines of Shattered Dead, which is just like going to challenge you and just a great story. So this one is entertaining as shit. I mean, and like, 
I, I even though it's low budget, I I don't think it's like horribly shot or anything like that I, I, for what it's shot on. I I'm, I enjoyed every kind of aspect about it. I mean, like I said, the acting is kind of patchy. It's very regional, but hey, it's enjoyable as shit. Nudity, violence, vampires, gunplay, all on a budget. And all very much a product of its time. So if that's, uh, that doesn't sound like something you would enjoy, then steer clear. But, you know, nowadays a lot of movies just are... are I'm not going to get into this and start bad-mouthing, but a lot of independent movies are either, like, fetish kind of oriented or they just are very tame. They're very... They're not ambitious. They're just very basic kind of, like, I got this, like, title... And it's going to be super cheap and nothing's going to fucking happen. Um, but here we go as far as the special features are. A new 2023 audio commentary with writer-director Brian Paul and actor Rich George. Archival 2004 commentary with uh, uh, the same people. Outbreak of Evil, The Making of It, Dawn They Sleep. New 2023 featurette with writer-director Brian Pollen and producer Rich George. Archival Making a Featurette, Outtakes, Scenes That Hurt, Archival Blooper Reel, fo- uh, Photo Gallery, Morbid Vision Films, Trailer Vault, uh, Subtitles, which is nice, Reversible Cover Art featuring newly commissioned artwork by Eerie Cripps. Love Eerie Cripps, great guy. Um, good artist, too. Bonus movie, Reap of Evil, 94 Minutes. Director Brian Pollan's debut, 1994 SOV Gore Epic SD with optional audio commentary featuring director Brian Pollan and Rich George. And then we have the making of feature it as that. And he put that out recently, but now it's on this disc. The one thing I did notice that's not on here that is on this old DVD, and I don't know if they use Morbid Visions for this, but this has a 12-minute short film called Damnation on it. So I'm going to have to hold on to this. But uh, yeah, so I don't know if this short ended up being on any of his other releases or not. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. And I uh, got to love Brian Paul and stuff. So anyways, uh, check it out if it sounds like it's up your alley. All right, guys, let's get into those 1981 movies. Woe be unto him who opens one of the seven gateways to hell. Because through that gateway, evil will invade the world.
say on a Valentine's Day is a curse that'll live on and on. And no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago. In this little town, when the 14th comes round, there's a silence and fear in the air. Remember the morn that the legend was born, all the shock and the horror was there. Or oh, the legend they say on a Valentine's Day is a curse that'll live on and on. And no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago. And no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time ago. All right, the first one up is a Taiwan movie from, um, and this is a bizarre one. This is Love with Cloud. Uh, yeah, Love with Cloud. And I'm going to be brief on all three of these movies because they're, they they list as horror movies, and this is the most horror, right? So Love with Cloud follows a story of this doctor who wants to make it, uh, get like rich and get famous and get very like high in the world. And he's dating this nurse, and he wants to keep the relationship kind of on the down low. The nurse is very happy, very much in love. And one day, um, the guy who runs the hospital is like, hey, my daughter's coming in. Um, I want you you guys to kind of look after her. I'm going to be out and about. And I want you to kind of like, you know, basically take her under the wing and show her the ropes and everything like that. When this doctor kind of sees that and this idea that he could be somebody special or important, he tells his nurse girlfriend, hey, we're done. I need money in my life. I grew up poor. I don't want to be poor the rest of my life. And he kicks her to the curb, which is very depressing, very shitty of him. He's not a great guy. Um, unfortunately she is pregnant and she doesn't really know what to do. So that's the kind of story we have here. Um, and, and it reminds me of ghost with hole from Indonesia, right? With the movie where the poor girl gets raped by the group of guys. She gets pregnant, gets an unwanted pregnancy and it leads to her downfall. And she comes back as the ghost with hole. Um, so, so as similarities right here, unwanted pregnancies is the second kind of thing I saw in this film. So she's a pregnant and she begs him that all this kind of stuff. And, and she's, basically told that she can't really have another baby if she gets rid of this one all these kind of things like that and in a fit of rage telling this guy all this stuff he kind of lashes out and starts hurting her throws her down and kills her um at the same time he starts to see her other places you know um uh, this, she starts to deliver him flowers and, and starts to like kind of creep around his work and he's starting to freak out because she's obviously dead. He killed her. He dumped her in a well. And his his new girlfriend, his wife now, is kind of very suspicious of what's going on. And before long, we kind of have a, you know, kind of a just desserts and everything like that. And there is a reveal here, which I won't spoil, which is very similar to other reveals. In fact, Ghost with a Hole kind of tries to play that card too, but it does it a little differently because in Ghost with Hole, um, it's 100% supernatural in, in that aspect. Um, this one has a supernatural aspect as well. But the guy gets his just desserts. The movie's very blue, very kind of faded. It's not a great quality looking thing. And I, it was a lot to watch this one because the fact is that um, 
the the rips you find are out of sync but the old rip is also damaged so you're like oh you gotta you gotta watch it in the really like a vlc player and everything like that it's a pain in the ass but love with cloud is okay it's worth watching i guess if you can track it down maybe not worth the effort that i had to put forth for it but it's okay enjoyable i mean maybe if it was remastered and looked great it would be a different story but interesting stuff nonetheless to watch something from taiwan um from 1981 the next one here is the other kind of religious horror film, end of the world kind of deal. We already had Years of the Beast, and this one, Early Warning, has so much DNA with Years of the Beast. So much so that they're both TV movies, they're both not really horror, they're both about the end of the world, all this kind of stuff here. They're also religious horror, and there's another religious horror movie too, Day of Judgment, but that one's more of a horror film kind of warning kind of deal. These are warnings as well, and in the vein of Years of the Beast, um, it has a character who is going to make every Everybody have the 666 or they have a 666 on in there it's so silly this whole subplot of people just getting like 666 tattoos or making everyone get them and it's like no one questions this guy's the fucking antichrist right it's so obvious in these even this movie so essentially what we have here is this this uh reporter figures out that there's this kind of a uh, new world order right this is all like basically um like jerk off material for conspiracy theorists and everything like that so essentially what happens is um and, and you know a lot uh, this goes all the way back to the 80s right and then the, the and the bible all this kind of stuff people interpret whatever you know the, the kind of how they're going to see the things are going to be the new world order is going to come in all this kind of shit right so essentially what happens is and this film, I'm just saying, is it's very on the nose. It's just not very subtle, and it's not 100% well done. That's why it's just kind of like roll your eye kind of deal, right? And the second movie that's doing this this year, it's almost verbatim in a lot of ways. It's just a lot. Um, so what happens is this reporter figures out who they are. They have him killed, but he had kind of a safe fail. So he talks to a fail safe, if you will, to this woman. And she's very religious. She believes in Christ and her family does and all the, her people she's with. She goes to another reporter and tries to tell him all this kind of stuff. And he's kind of skeptical at first until a group of people start to follow them around and eventually even try to kill them. They run into a group of survivalists in the desert, which is a weird kind of scene. Um, one of one is played by Buck Flower. That's great. Gotta love Buck Flower. Year before he was in the fog. And let me think. I'm sure he's in another 1981 horror movie somewhere down the line. Maybe I'll remember. So basically, he has a small little role in the survivalist. And, and before long, we kind of you know realize that uh, it's just got to play it out, right? Um, it's an alright movie. Uh, it, it's fine. I don't really see it as a horror film. It's kind of kind of like eh. It's, it's very mediocre, very TV-ish. I would say that the Years of the Beast is better and more satisfying. Well, this kind of leaves you at just kind of a eh, because you actually get to see the stuff happening in Years of the Beast. You get to see how people turn and all this kind of stuff. This is this and that one kind of like, this is more in the beginning of it, kind of the build-up. I guess you could watch both of them in one night. This one I would say skip on, kind of pass on it. And if you got to watch one of them, watch Years of the um, Years of the Beast. Um, it's okay. Um it's and there's so many movies I'm looking at on Letterbox and Internet Movie Database listed as horror. And it's like, guys, these aren't fucking horror movies. Like, I mean, you thought it was bad now when people are like it's horror Jason. These are fucking a lot of horror Jason movies that are not horror films. You know, um, I'm even very I'm forgiving and calling a lot of things horror that really aren't. Like, I'm like, it's got a ghost in it. It's got a gothic setting. I could see this as a horror film. You know. Like, I'm the guy that's, like, firmly in a camp when people are like, I don't think Crimson Peak is a horror movie. It's like, are we on drugs here? That's clearly a horror film. Like, it's a romantic gothic horror film, but it's a horror film nonetheless to me. So I'm not that picky of putting stuff in horror film. I throw a lot of, like, you know, rape-revenge movies in the horror genre, subgenre. So... What I'm telling you guys, a lot of these are not horror movies. Like, they really do not feel like it. I mean, yes, it's horrifying, the end of the world, you know, religious apocalypse stuff, but it's not 
the way this is presented is not a horror film. Okay, and the last of uh, the 1981 movies is Phoenix of the Ninja, or Miraculous Flower. Now, I believe this, this is a Taiwan film as well, or is it Hong Kong? So, uh, essentially what we have here is a very typical kind of Hong Kong film in a lot of ways in, in terms of plot. We have this woman who, like in the very beginning, she's kind of dragging her mother around. She's very sick. She's very just looking for someone to take care of her mother and help her out, looking to help, be taken care of and everything like that. And everybody's kind of turning her away. Somebody does show kindness, this rich woman, and says, you know, I'll pay for your hotel room to stay here. Tells her basically your mom's dead, though. She's already dead. And she had sworn to get revenge on the people that did this to her mom and did all these things to her. So she ends up being helped out down the line by this kind of nobleman. And this nobleman uh, is uh, the son of kind of this this person who's of power. And uh, when she discovers more and more that she like learns from him and learns all these martial arts, he also has a secret that he's this karate master and defending you know, secretly his father and all these kind of things like that. And she starts to like learn her martial arts and goes around and starts killing all the people that caused her wrong in her past even though you don't really get glimpses of the past it's kind of weird like that but some of the fight scenes are cool some of the bad guys are solid she she incorporate like encounters them and they're kind of cool fight scenes and bizarre um it's not really a horror film until maybe the very end when she kind of almost basically has this weird fight that feels like it goes into hell if i'm not mistaken it's kind of like breaking down and going to hell and me elbowing like shelves over here but uh yeah that's about as as horror as it goes there's some reveals and some double crossings and people showing who they are it's okay it's not great it's fine um and after watching a lot of hong kong shaw brother movies and golden harvest movies it's not quite that good maybe if it was remastered it would be um and maybe some contacts or better dubbing or subtitles i could understand a little bit how much more there was to it maybe there's an international longer cut not 100 percent sure but it's okay i do like that it's female led there's a cool female lead martial artist in here you got to give that credit um i always enjoy those but uh, yeah for the most part phoenix of the ninja it's okay it's all right it's all right and uh i think this is maybe possibly a taiwan one if i'm not mistaken and i think that this director did a handful of taiwan kind of martial arts or horror films so yeah phoenix and the ninja it's okay okay next up is the patreon pick and i think this is a jonathan wilhelm and i feel bad here um because i really am not going to have much to say about this this one is called skinwalker from 2023 and this is one of these kind of longer kind of like period piece western horror films on a budget and it's more i guess like western drama than horror but there's a lot of horror aspects into it it's about a skinwalker right so in the very beginning these two guys are kind of sitting there and they seem kind of like kind of criminals whatnot the kind of vagabonds kind of guys that travel and just commit crime and they're talking around the fire and one guy's like i stole this from that gravesite, and it's like a kind of a native american ancient relic and he's like you shouldn't have done that that's awful and these two are probably the best actors in the movie to be honest so what happens is um the one guy he ends up getting like this kind of cut from something and uh and we understand that that relic that was taken from the gravesite is going to cause this and this guy starts to kind of monster out and we kind of like fast forward a bit and we kind of go to and introduce our other characters here we have like this group of women here and and whatnot and a couple other kind of criminals and a couple sheriffs kind of transferring this one kind of criminal through the thing so we have all these kind of characters we know they're all going to kind of meet up and everything like along those veins but that one criminal ends up stumbling in and he's sick now the one who survived the one who wasn't infected now he's infected the one who stole it and he ends up stumbling in on these women and uh they kind of take care of him at first but uh he kind of monsters out and everything and we know that this this kind of disease a skinwalker disease is contagious while there is a 
a couple Native Americans that are trying to stop this whole thing from spreading too far. And yeah, we kind of have all these characters kind of turning or being picked off and a lot of high drama with all these characters having kind of uh, meeting up and knowing each other. You know, it's okay. Um, I think that some of the, the, the acting is better. There's one of the older criminals. I think that he has some good dialogue. He has some genuine heartfelt moments. But for the most part, it's just really talky, really long, and it's hard to do a Western on a budget. I mean, they do their best, and you got to give them some props for that. I've seen much cheaper and much worse westerns. This, you know what I mean, as far as modern day, like low budget westerns. I've seen some real cr- crap. This doesn't seem so bad. It doesn't seem like you're like, oh, that seems so wrong and off putting. It's all right. It's just a little long, and it's too talky uh, for what it is. You, you, the special effects are okay. When they use CGI, it's not great. Um, it's not gratuitously violent. I mean, it's violent, but it's not like, oh, those are amazing special effects. It really doesn't like, you don't really think about that when you're watching it. Um, I didn't love it. It was okay. It's Skinwalker. I mean, I like the idea of the Skinwalker, right? Somebody that can shapeshift, got kind of a monster deal and everything like that. But if it sounds like it's up your alley, check out the trailer. You could do a lot worse. I'm going to be honest, you know, and it's ambitious as hell to make a Western horror movie in 20, like 22 when this was made. Not easy. Not easy stuff here, so it's no easy feat. So got to give them props for that. It's just not really my jam. Okay, let's get into these questions, comments, concerns, all that jazz. Okay, Ugh, let me get more comfortable. So, uh, Brendan Timmons, 5415. Hey, Dave, I think you'll really enjoy the Mondo Bollywood set. They're all over the map stylistically. Very cool. Ken Coakley, I like the Pope's Exorcist because Russell Crowe played a real person. The real Father Gabriel Amort was the subject of William Friedkin documentary called The Devil and the Father Amort. The Pope's Exorcist is based on the two of the Father Amort's two memoirs. I think Russell Crowe has been killing it since The Man with the Iron Fist. I remember thinking that I wanted to look like Russell Crowe, now he looks like me. We're both fat guys with long hair and beards. I have to disagree with you on The Blob. I didn't like the remake at first, but it grew on me while the original had me for the first time I watched it. My only problem with the original was The Blob looked like a huge goo gob of grape jelly, so watching it makes me hungry. (laughs) No, I, I honestly think that The Blob is something that you watched at the time it came out. Like, you saw that one way before the remake was out. So, like, I saw the remake. Because it was 88. is one of the first... I probably saw it in like 93. Four or five years old, I saw that movie. And I, I personally do think that the remake of The Blob is just a, a vastly superior movie in terms of special effects and acting. And as much as I love Steve McQueen, and script even, to be honest. I mean, but The Blob is very iconic. And we can both agree that The Blob 58 and The Blob 88 are both better than the Beware of The Blob or Son of Blob from 71, 72. He's like, I do have a question. Do you do it up for Halloween and decorations and pumpkins? Also, do you have a ritual every Halloween? For instance, I watch the same three movies every Halloween. I watch Night of the Living Dead, Phantasm, and Rocky Horror Picture Show. Not really. Um, I do do, I, I decorated a couple of times, but I do do pumpkins. Have to have pumpkins. Um, do a pumpkin, carve a jack-o'-lantern. Got to have a couple of those out on Halloween. I don't get any kids at my house anymore. I live right on a main road. Very unfortunate because I would give full-size candy bars. And when I lived in a different area, we always hooked up the house to cool and passed out candy. But it's kind of disheartening when we don't get any kids. So I don't do it. I do do jack-o'-lanterns, though. And there's a couple movies that I have a go-to. You know, I'll put in Night of the Demons, Return of the Living Dead, Flesh Eater, Night of the Living Dead. Stuff like that. I just like that kind of stuff. Ernest Scared Stupid. You know, just to kind of the run-of-the-mill stuff that everyone else puts in right um and then we have Stephen hyde he gives me a fire flex bad brains horror dave slimy little bastards was a great time cool to see how the whole crew together great episode i appreciate it um let me know if you watched halloween spookies it's on youtube i directed a couple of those segments and dustin mills we made the whole thing together i think it's a uh, um actually um 
an improvement on my own. I did the last the last short and the wraparound on there. Um, if you like the Slimy Little Bastards, you'll like uh, the, the horror one for sure. Uh, it has a lot of the same people in there. Um, Stoked Scab. I just watched The Pope's Exorcist. It had one thing that I can't stand, a kid trying to be scary. For some reason, anytime a kid is trying to be scary, they always say some something like, you're all going to die here. I fucking hate that. Linda Blair was amazing in The Exorcist, and Miko Hughes was awesome in Pet Cemetery. but those performances don't come often from a child. Sorry for the rant. No, I feel you. It can get eye-rolly. We're like, eh, yep, here we go again. Ilk Vomit 88, will you be picking up the Criterion Blu-ray Freaks? Yes, whenever they have their uh, annual sale. Isn't that November? I'll definitely grab that one, the whole um, Todd Browning thing set. The Nick Mua from Belgium. Yippee, the Blob on 4K. Mucus and Slime in high definition. Sounds fun. The 80 classic alongside Mr. Carpenter's The Thing is proof that remakes needn't be crap. I miss those days. Also, add in Invasion of the Body Snatchers 78. Add in The Fly 86. Um, add in Night, Night of Living Dead 1990. There's lots of good remakes. Even when you get to the Dawn remakes, not bad. I don't think so. There's something going on with these memory cards when I don't understand understand so um basically we're going to start where nick mool was again um so sometimes they'll just shut off and i don't know i i changed the camera here i got another memory card so i think these old memory cards time to call it quits i replaced one of them i'm gonna have to replace the other but here's the questions here's he has what's your favorite harrison ford performance i'm partial to what lies beneath he's so endearing and creepy as fucking it um I mean, I do like air force one i love the star wars movies but i mean his best performance is indiana jones right my short stuff and i mean it's gotta be it's got to be for me. He's good in Witness. He's always pretty good. Never watched a movie I'm like, Harrison Ford, you're sucked in that. Never had that problem with him. Um, I'm going to have to go with this Indiana Jones, the first three movies. He's great in those. What date's a movie the most? Clothes, technology, something else? Oh, boy. That's tough. Ugh. Language. Language can date a movie. Like, I just watched At Dawn They Sleep, and they're using terms that typically aren't used anymore. But again, these guys are criminals, so it doesn't matter if, if they're outdated. Um, I think language is the number one thing. A lot of times, technology can, for sure, or acting styles. Um, but for the most part, I, I kind of take things in when they came out. Um, three, I still enjoy dated movies. How about you? You know that answer. Look at all the movies in my room. They're all dated. They're all, most of them are dated. I mean, not all of them, but hey, this is a room full of movies. Most of them made before 2005. Um, that Dead Girl re-release looks good, real good. I might pick it up again. I would recommend that. Thanks for another informative hour, sir. Also, I'm loving the multicolored tank top. It seems to encompass the whole weather spectrum. And then way up, dude, Frit, he gives me a first. He says, first, I mean, not many people comment, though, but I understand. He says, he gives me a blue face, heart shape. I appreciate it. Um, we're going to get into this update, which is rather decent size for once. So, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's hop into this update. First up, we have the arrow order coming in. And the first is Satan's Blade. And I have this uh, a release from Slasher Video in the States. This release is supposed to be better. It has, like, two um, uh, basically ratios, which is probably better... Uh, encrypted disc all that kind of stuff here and it wasn't very expensive so i picked it up i have watched this it's okay slasher it's not amazing but hey i'm definitely gonna watch it for whenever it came out again i think it's 82 maybe 83 next up we have dementor and this also has jug face on there and i really like jug face so why not uh it's a new edition this dementor movie i don't think got released in the states especially on blu-ray so we got both here uh on the disc for sure so why not pick it up good price again interested in watching dementor 
And then here, I already have the cult epics, but I'm a sucker. Um, Love and Death, the films of York Buckaret. I love his movies, so I picked this uh, setup here. We have, of course, Necromantic and Dirtutskin, Necromantic 2, and Shram. We're getting a horrible glare here. I'm sorry about that, guys. And, yeah, there's a bunch of features on here. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't... I, I, quite a fan of his films if nobody's ever seen your Buckaret's movies I wish Captain Berlin vs. Hitler would get a release in the States I really would like to see that um, then up next we have the Count Yorga collection these are the remastered like new scans of Count Yorga they put them out a long time ago but I guess they weren't great releases or great scans I, they're okay you know we have Count Yorga Vampire from 1970 and the return of Count Yorga now the original is pretty good movie um, what's that actor in that movie he's really good in it as Count Yorga but yeah this is a nice set here special uh restored rejuvenated reborn yeah good stuff here and then uh this single this is cheap on sale mars attacks didn't have this on blu-ray i've always enjoyed this movie so why not great cast tim burton jack nicholson everybody's in this glenn close come on come on danny devito you gotta love it and martin short's in here everybody's in that movie jack black um, Rudd Steiger. So then we have the, some Vinegar Syndrome stuff. And I did get, um, what was the one? Rabid Grannies. But I, I reviewed that, so I'm not going to show it in the update. So here we have uh, Magic Crystal. This is a VSA. And looks fun. A Hong Kong film for sure. Looks super bizarre. Cynthia Rothrock in here. Gotta love her. I love that they're doing all these Hong Kong movies. Always great stuff to watch. Then we have Mark of the Devil, 1970 movie here. Classic movie. Great stuff. Always love this Herbert Lahm, Udai Kier, German film that made the video nasties list. Oh, we got, uh, there he is on there. Jeez, how did I forget his name? Albino in that movie. He's great in here. He's also pops up. Reggie Nolder. He also pops in Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Salem's Lot. This guy down here, this big goon, he's in a bunch of, he's in a couple Hammer movies. Yeah, this is a 4K of Mark of the Devil. Great film. Arrow put this out at one point. This is, this is a really good movie. Great score, too. I even think the score is a precursor to Cannibal Holocaust because it has that kind of like, you know, really lovely music with really awful imagery. Herbert Lom is one of my all-time faves. So, great stuff. Then we have a trauma here, of course. Blood-sucking freaks. It's been a while since I watched Blood-sucking freaks. Pretty nasty movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, I, I think it's infamous. Is this a 4K as well? 4K of blood-sucking freaks. What are we even doing? This is a... What a world we live in here. They got me, man. They got me by the balls buying blood-sucking freaks on, on uh, Blu-ray. I love it, though. I'm at 4K. I love it. Great stuff. And then we got Mother's Day, a 1980 classic, Charles Kaufman, Lloyd Kaufman's brother. Uh, one of Eli Roth's favorite films, remade, and a lesser remake. This is a pretty decent exploitation-style flick. I enjoy this one. And 4K, too. Very cool, 1980. Good movie, good movie. I wouldn't mind rewatching it in 4K. And uh, what else do we got here? We got Psycho Paul's Film Festival. Eh, crazy Psycho Paul. Uh, yeah, this is VHS Shitfest, I believe. This looks super bizarre. Um, yeah, and that was his blood-sucking freaks. Watch out. Yeah, this looks bizarre. Bunch of shorts. Uh, it's going to be very weird. So why not? And then we have Adults Only, The Flesh Trilogy. I don't even know what's going to happen if I open all this stuff up. We have the touch of her flesh. We have nipples right on the back there. The curse of her flesh. The kiss of her flesh. I don't think I'm going to open this up. We got a butt. YouTube won't like a butt. Just some butt cheeks. 
yeah, I'm not going to open this whole bad boy up because we might we might get further than we should on there. I already showed a nipple. God forbid, show a nipple. You can show actually a person get murdered on YouTube, but then you show a nipple, you're done. Hayride Slaughter. Um, looks like a couple other nipples are hidden here where the tear is all too real. This is a Saturn's core. This is definitely a wave production. Halloween horse. Definitely uh, two movies here. Definitely a wave production. Double feature. So, yeah. Fun stuff for sure. Low budget stuff for sure too on the wave. And we have this double feature here from Umbrella, Night of Fear and In of the Damned. These are two Aussie horror films that I never had a chance to watch. Um, interested though for sure. Uh, what years were these both made? You're noticing my damaged nail here. If you have not, I drilled it when I put those VHS shelves up in the closet. I got power drilled my nail a few of a couple months back. Um, yeah, but not seeing these. Probably bought them two or three times. Eventually, I will get to them unless I die first. Very poss very good possibility. East and Hustle here. This looks good. Is this a Canadian or, or yeah, Canadian International Pictures? This looks like good stuff, so I picked it up. A 4K as well. This one I got really cheap, um, and I didn't have it, so I picked it up. Norway from TerraVision. I like what TerraVision's doing. This one's not on their site, and I got it for like. 10 bucks shipped. So I was like, yeah, we're going to do it with the slipcover and everything. So Norway, kind of a bizarre looking vampire film. I remember I skipped on it on the partner label just because the price was really high. Then we have a dark sky here. Um, I'm at dark four. Sorry. Uh, final exam in 4k. That's right. I'm going to watch this for 81 in style in 4k. Yeah. Cool stuff. I, I don't know if I've ever watched the, in, the film final exam in its entirety. Honestly, it's one that I saw part of and I was just like, okay. And I never finished it years back. We have Hard Rock Nightmare. Look at that cover. This is one that I, is the werewolf band, the heavy metal one. It's been a years. I think I did see this. I, I don't know, uh, but it's been a while. I think it's 88. Then we have um, uh, Magdalena Possessed by the Devil. And this one I think is somewhat pornographic. I've actually never seen it uh, from the original uncut uh, U.S. Um, interneg with extensive color correction. Let me see what's in the back here. The Devil's Female is the alternative name. So, yeah. I've heard about that one, but never never actually had a chance to watch it, and I eventually just was like, you know what? I want that one from Dark, uh, Dark Force. And then this was dirt cheap at the time, so I threw in my order. White Rush. Uh, Ten bucks. Judd Nelson's in here. So I don't know much about it, but I, but I ended up grabbing it you know, for the order. Anyways, that's uh, the update. We're going to get back to that video. All right, guys. Thank you very much for watching. And as always, have a good one. Thanks.